Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Episode 66 of Suncast. You sure as heck can measure the effectiveness of a wash. You can track the degradation and the improvement after you wash. So we do that. In some cases, if you're near an orchard, like an almond orchard in Central Valley, California, it'll be a 10 or 15% bump. This is Suncast. In every battle, there's a front line. On that front line are warriors whose courage and actions shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development, and industry insights. And now, join solar industry veteran, Latin America fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. All right, welcome back to Suncast Solar Warriors. This is episode 66. I'm your host, Nico Johnson, and I'm so glad that you are back again this week. We're rocking and rolling here, rounding out the first month of 2018. And wow, you guys are loving these episodes this year. I'm getting some great feedback, and it looks like we just might break our download high watermark with January's numbers. So thank you. Hey, what did you think of last Thursday's episode with Etienne Lecomte of PowerHub? Did you learn something new about the software that's helping manage all these renewable assets being deployed? I hope that you learned more about what it takes to start and run one of these fast-growing companies. Hey, help me keep the conversation going. You can like and comment on the blog and my posts over on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you do like these episodes, would you please consider sharing with a friend or even subscribing and rating the show in iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and coming soon? Even Spotify. This is a Suncast soundbite. Brief morsels of sunlight to get you through the work week. And this week on Suncast, we're going to continue the theme of asset management and O&M operations and maintenance by hopping into the time machine with me and teleporting back to Las Vegas, SPI 2017 once again, where I had the chance to sit down with my friend Mark McClanahan, CEO of MaxGen Energy Services. Mark is certainly no stranger to asset management. While he was the head of global services for Sun Edison, he was responsible for growing their renewable operations center, turning it around, frankly, from less than a gigawatt of overall asset center management to more than six gigawatts from 2012 to 2014. And a couple of years ago, Mark was appointed as CEO of then Solaris when it was acquired by Oak Tree Capital. And he's grown what is now MaxGen Energy Services to become the number one independent O&M service provider in North America and the number two O&M service provider globally. I mean, this guy has a diverse skill set. Today, we talk about how he combined his personal passion and his work ethic and skills to help kick off that modern era of solar that I mentioned. Mark turned around the global services team at Sun Edison and... We talk about how the evolution of MaxGen Energy Services has led it to become the number one provider in the market. What exactly is financial asset management? And what are two of the largest budgetary items that commonly get mishandled in O&M? We also talk about how AI and machine learning are being integrated into O&M. As always, 
If there is a topic or expert you think should be on Suncast, you can shoot me an email, a LinkedIn message, or even pop over to the website. Leave me a quick voicemail right from your smartphone. The website again is www.mysuncast.com. And of course, don't miss out on our regular long-form episodes every Thursday where we dig into the insights and lessons learned from some of the best in the energy business. This episode is brought to you by Alliant Energy, the innovative new fully ballasted solar tracker that is at home in the harshest environments, helping developers across Mexico and Latin America, the Middle East, and so many other harsh environments reduce project risk, project development cost, increase yield, and keep their solar asset magically clean and productive. To learn more about this ballasted tracker, yes, fully ballasted tracker and robotic cleaning solution, please visit Alion Energy. That's A-L-I-O-N energy.com. Hey, let them know Nico sent you. All right. Thanks again for setting aside this time in your day. Hope that you enjoy this Suncast soundbite with Mark McClanahan of MaxGen Energy Services. Mark has a storied history in the solar industry, one that I hope we will go into a much deeper conversation on another day. But I'm happy to have Mark here with me today to talk a little bit about what it's been like in his entrepreneurial venture and his latest foray into asset management with MaxGen. Welcome. Thank you, Nico. Really good to be with you. Yeah, man. It's always fun to reconnect and catch up. So you were responsible for, in many ways, building one of the quintessential development roll-up companies, right? Portfolio management companies in our space, Renewable Ventures, that ended up merging with Photowadio, became FRV, rolled up into Sun Edison, where you spent almost five years. Through that, I feel like you learned a lot as an entrepreneur about not only how to build a team, but logically how to scale, the topic we were just discussing in the run-up to my intro here. How does that experience from growing an asset base inform your current role as the CEO of an asset management company, where you now take on that responsibility for other developers. Let me preface something with, you know, the, the, the experience that I have in solar. Um, I wanted to just give you a little background on that because it, it's yeah. important here um, for entrepreneurs and folks that are building businesses in solar right now. I first wanted to get into solar when I was in college at, back at the University of Boulder. Absolutely was passionate about it, thinking hard about it. And as I traveled the world after college and, and worked abroad, I would be in places where I was thinking, you know, Africa or South America, you know, solar is so important to us. When I got back to the U.S., there was nothing going on. You know, there wasn't any. This is pre-2005. There was not a lot going on. So as soon as I finished grad school, I saw the opportunity to get in. I wanted to combine my personal passion with my work ethic and my skills that I've accumulated over the years. And it's, it's that combination which I think really unlocks a lot of creativity and motivation and energy. It's really, really important as I got into solar initially with founding Renewable Ventures in 05. Your background is engineering or business? Actually, or corporate, finance, corporate, yeah. finance. corporate finance. Corporate finance. Corporate finance, yeah. So when we founded Renewable Ventures, there were four of us, and we each picked our, our spot. I actually ended up more on the development side, front-end oh. development, business development, finding deals, signing PPAs. And, right. and as you mentioned, we, you know, we really did help to kick off the modern age of PPAs and we started small. We had a, our first deal was a megawatt on a rooftop, right. and then eventually we did Nellis, which was the largest utility project in the U.S. at the time. So we, we hit some great milestones. We raised a lot of money, and we had a really passionate team, many of which are walking around SBI this week. Absolutely. So it's, it's just awesome to reconnect with those people. Yeah, I've it. said before that you guys had, I mean, it was an incubator 
Absolutely. of today's solar leaders. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. The number of alumni from Renewable Ventures who are absolute rock stars in this yeah. industry. Yeah. So how does that inform your current focus at MaxGen? So I've always wanted to blend entrepreneurship with things I'm interested in from a business perspective. So the transition from Renewable Ventures into a big company, SunEd, was a good experience for me. I ended up being able to restart a business inside of the big company that Sun Edison was right. at the time. So that was our global asset management group. We ran that group. We built it up. It was a global organization. We had 400 employees, six gigawatts of solar in 22 countries. When I left Sun Edison in 2015, I felt like there was unfinished business for me in this part of the supply chain. You know, I, there's, I had done development. I had a lot of exposure to other parts of the supply chain. I could see the growth and all the activity happening on that front. And I said, you know what? Someone needs to take care of all these assets. Right. And that's, that should be me you know, yeah. and, and the team I can build. Yeah. And MaxGen right now is in its current, uh, I would say in its iteration, is a conglomerate of companies like True South. That's right. Can you explain a little bit how MaxGen came to be? Sure. And then obviously you've been brought in as an executive that, whose goal is to scale this business. That's right. right? Exactly that's right. What we're talking about. I connected with Oak Tree Capital. Oak Tree is a theme investor looking to build businesses in our sector. It was a really good match for me because they're very passionate about this industry. They like to invest capital in these sorts of opportunities. And for me, like I said, I had unfinished business in the space, a lot of connections, a lot of people, and a very good relationship with the current owners of Solaris who owned MaxGen right. and TSR. So when I came in, it was a good fit. I knew the team. And we were able to quickly hit the ground running with a vision to build a large independent O&M provider operating inside the U.S. And so with the capital and the belief of the investors behind us, we've been able to do huge things in the last just the last 18 months, which include acquiring a few companies, getting a lot more customers, tripling the size of the company. And this half and the back half of 2017, we're going to double our volume. That's you know, remarkable. From the first half. Is there a particular focus in the market in terms of project scope or size? Yes, we're really focused on CNI and utility scale solar right now, and we're also focused on EV charging infrastructure. So we also build and operate EV charging infrastructure. So we're keeping clean energy working, we're keeping power electronics working, and we have all kinds of clients that are utilities, IPPs, banks, operators, OEMs, suppliers. Uh, yeah. You name it. So we have a, a pretty diverse go-to-market strategy, but we're very focused on the uptime, as you mentioned, and the performance of the assets, the longevity of the assets. We have not, to the point about focus, we have not gotten into financial asset management, for example, because we're so busy with what we're doing. Can you define that for me, financial asset management? Sure. What I mean by that is the accounting associated with the project companies that own all these assets. Yeah. So the billing, yep. the collections, the cash yep. management, the accounting, the tax, the legal... We're really focused on the operational side, the KWH side of things, and we've been able to keep ourselves quite busy with that. And that's, uh, for us, it's a matter of focus. So uh, one of the companies that I work with is Alliant Energy, and they do this robotic cleaning, right? And so they talk about how they can offer this value of 26 to 52 cleanings a year, and it's basically the same cost as doing, you know, three to four cleanings a year. One of the pushbacks from, especially in the United States, developers is that they have it in the contract for, for four washings a year. And the question I would pose, or I think is a logical one, is, well, what's the value of those washings? Do you know how much, like, if that's the right number? And they're like, well, no, we don't know if that's the right number. That's what's required by the contract. And, I, and my response is always, how do you know if it's improving the yield? And they said, we don't. 
And I said, do you have any report that comes back after cleaning? I said, no, we don't. And maybe these aren't MaxGen customers. I don't know how you approach this scenario. But I find that remarkably arcane in terms of even the utilization of yeah. operations and maintenance from a, from a cleanliness perspective. Like if we just isolate washing, which is yeah. only one small aspect, how would you respond to that notion of the industry sort of being an autopilot that every, like there's these template contracts and the O&M is just sort of recycled from yeah. job to project to project and, nobody, and there's no innovation around it? Well, I would say, first of all, that we're 10 years into the, or even 12 years into the modern age of solar in the United States. So right. you don't have to guess anymore at your O&M requirements. Yeah. There are, you know, take my team, for example, I have 30-year uh, veterans of the power industry and I have, you know, 10 to 15-year veterans of the solar industry in O&M. So I have the top operators that have been at SunPower, Sun Edison, First Solar, yeah. Swinerton, you name it. We've got a big team of folks that are working on our team. Yeah. So we know O&M. So I would say that if you take washing as an example, module washing, and let's take vegetation management, right. two seemingly innocuous things that tend, actually they tend to be one of the largest budgetary line items in your O&M budgets over right. time. So you don't know how much you need to wash or cut. You just simply don't know. So to put four arbitrary, you know, four times a year, that's very arbitrary in my mind. It's a question of risk as well. Do you want to take that risk on? But in my mind, the owner should only pay for what they need. So they yeah. shouldn't pay for four if they only need two. You sure as heck can measure the effectiveness of a wash. You can track the degradation and the improvement after you wash. So we do that for our customers. And this year wasn't as big as a wash year as last year because of the drought. And I'll tell you what, you know, people were just clamoring for module washing toward the yeah. end of last summer. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. It, in some cases, if you're near an orchard, like an almond orchard in Central Valley, California, it'll be 10 or 15% bump right after the harvest. You wash and it's a big... How are you guys integrating data science and, and even AI? Like how's machine learning affecting your business? So we actually acquired a company called Power Factors last year. It's part of our MaxGen Holdco, sister company to MaxGen. And MaxGen has actually implemented Power Factors as its ERP, its sort of operating yeah. system for the whole business. We've had a great deal of success not only in just the basics of monitoring and work order management, but now doing analysis to help us find opportunities, whether it's with the tracking, with the inverter performance, with um, soiling, those sorts of things. And we're doing regression analysis and other types of optimizations, combiner box, heat maps, those sorts of things, mm -hmm. to quickly find issues, do root cause analysis, and then have a remedy put in place. And so the integration of analysis with action, and that action happens at the work order, right, where you actually dispatch someone to go fix it. That level of integration now is possible. We have that done. It makes for very quick analysis plus improvement in, you know, in uptime or in performance. So that's how we're doing it now. You know, there's a lot of talk about performance analytics and data science. There's a lot of basics that need to happen before you can really do that. And so we're concentrating not only on the science part, but also getting the basics right. O&M in the solar industry has come a long way. So we're part, no of, you know, part of the group driving that, but it's been a great experience so far. What do you see in general terms as misconceptions around O&M that you guys constantly have to correct and also problems that your customers come back around to you to help solve? I'll start with a simple example. For a lot of folks in the industry, O&M is still a sell in a financial model. Right. You know, which is used to help decide how much I can sell my project for. So that's really the wrong way to think about it because once the owner owns the asset, they're stuck with it. So they're going to have to pay to keep that thing running. So 
that's why it's important to really understand what you're buying, the asset you're buying, and you know, really stress testing those budgets to make sure you're getting a budget that is really going to help you. Where we see budgets bust the most is in the site maintenance, so vegetation, washing, and inverter management. So we already talked about you know, washing yeah. and cutting. You can't control the weather. You can't control the rain. We've had a lot of rain in the last year around the U.S., so yeah. it's just veg management's off the charts in right. the last 12 months. On the inverter side, there's a number of different dynamics there, but I guess the easiest way to think about it is, you know, today a quarter of the installed base in the United States is from inverter suppliers that are no, no longer in the market, right? So wow. you've got supply chain issues, you've got warranty expirations or bankruptcies. Right. You're already facing some difficulties as an operator or an owner with keeping your existing inverters going. For the rest of the fleet, there's a lot of turnover, right? There's a lot of new models coming out. There's a lot of changes in the technology, 1,000 volt, 1,500 volt. So over 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, how are you budgeted to handle those differences, right? And if you've assumed no maintenance or I have a 10-year warranty, I'm fine. You know, that might work for a while, but we're seeing already, because the U.S. fleet, there's a lot of assets now, say over 10 gigawatts that's at least five years old. We're starting to see the signs of time, the signs of wear and tear, and how that's affecting whether people honor warranties and what it takes to get spare parts and service on site. Mm -hmm. So we're getting to have a lot of real real life experience as opposed to pro forma modeling, which is informing the way in which we tackle these problems now. So I'm gonna couch this in that I think that it probably is one of those things that grinds your gears, but it's nonetheless a reality in our industry. And we'll put it in the box of California CNI, under two megawatts. Mm If I'm an installer and I'm trying to build a lease model, right, and a line item in that lease model is, what's my O&M? I can tell you from personal experience that I see installers all the time putting zero, how would you advise them to be thinking about it, one? And then two, is there a way, and this leads to my final question of how to how do people engage with MaxGen, is there a way that the industry at large and that MaxGen can help these installers begin to really operationalize the real O&M costs that... If they're early, maybe they're two, three years into the industry, they're not a 10-year veteran, and they're trying to wrap their heads around it, but frankly, they've done five commercial installs. They're not sure what it's really going to cost, and they aren't going to provide that service because that's not a part of their core competence. What advice might you give them? Do your homework, I would say. (laughs) You know, um, it's not free. O&M is not zero. So from our perspective... Even even if SolarEdge offers me a 25-year warranty, O&M is still not zero? On a commercial site, it's not zero, you know, because you've got a lot of other things other than the inverter that you need to worry about. Yeah. You, know, you have the interconnection, you've got the modules, you've got the racking, you've got roofing issues. You know, if it's a rooftop right. system, oftentimes it is. Yes. Um, there's wiring, there's all kinds of things that you need to worry about. And, uh, and we've seen it all. I mean, we've been around, we've seen it all. For sure. I would say, you know, we engage customers that have existing portfolios, so we're repricing. And that's a pretty straightforward exercise. We know what's out there. We know that hopefully we know the historical performance and we can reprice those those assets pretty easily. The other way we engage is for a portfolio that's in development. We have the general specifications, location. Location is really important because, you know, we have service density in certain areas, other areas we don't. Sites that are way out in the middle of nowhere are going to cost different, you know, because there's travel time, things like that. But one of the things we've really focused on to drive our, our cost down for our customers is service density. So combining portfolios from different providers into our same service territory allows right. us to layer more and more work orders within a certain geographic territory. It keeps my techs busier, drives down the cost delivered to the customer. So in those scenarios, I can forward price 
to developers that we work with so they know the pricing ahead of time. Right. We've negotiated an MSA, yeah. a service, master service yeah. agreement. They know the terms and conditions. We have the pricing so they can go uh, put that pricing into their model as they work through all the other details of their development. And then once the projects are built, come online, we, you know, we basically turn on the O&M and they have the price, everything's set and we're good to go. So we do have good insights now, especially on equipment selection, design types, you know, location. Um, is, it, is it a ground mount? Are you gonna have vegetation? Are you gonna have washing? Where's it located? Is it next to a country road or next to a farm? Yeah. So um, all kinds of things now that we can, yeah, we, all kinds of experience we can help to shed light on, you know, on these sorts of costs so the folks aren't surprised down the road. Mark, how would someone engage with MaxGen? MaxGen.com. Through MaxGen.com, uh, you can um, submit a form to uh, to our team, our pricing team, and we'll be back to you right away. And do you have a, a lower threshold of projects that you're interested in? You know, we're a national provider, so we're really best suited for larger portfolios that are diverse equipment, diverse suppliers in your portfolio, diverse geographies. That's where uh, our, you know, we're really effective. Yeah. We're also effective with regional portfolios where there's high service density, where we can put, you know, our experience um, to work yeah. in, um, in those regions. We do have an um, operations center. We have 24-7 NERC SIP oversight for monitoring and control. So we do have a 24-7 operation as well. We're not uh, heavily focused on resi right now. Yeah. Um, so CNI, utility, and then on the EV side, all the work we're doing on EV. Got it. One last question. Do you take like one-offs? Like if there's a guy who is going to do two or three commercial yeah. installs? Yeah. We do. That's, so it's not, that's not too small for you. Nope. And, and yeah. a, a 50 kilowatt is not too small? We have a lot of 50 kW sites in our portfolio. If it's one 50 kW site, we're probably that's, not the group because right. you don't need a big sophisticated operator for that. The customers go through their own evolution, right? So you start out small, like you said, maybe I've got a couple megawatts a year, but before long I have a bigger portfolio. It's more complicated. There's more geographies. I got yeah. more moving parts in that portfolio. I really have to think about how to operate it. So that's where that's where we can come in and really help, right? And Very um, cool. and so uh, from our perspective, you know, we we have dedicated customer service teams that we call them client service. They are a single point of contact into MaxGen to help you with anything related to your contracts. So we've really tried to professionalize O&M, provide high degree of customer service, a high degree of expertise and experience drawn from all the folks that we have on the team now that have all this experience, yeah. the data science, the analysis, the, um, you know, the good blocking and tackling yeah. that's necessary to really do the same stuff over and over and over that we do do at different sites, all that we're, you know, we're forming up within our company to, to provide really outstanding customer service. Very cool, Mark. Well, it's great to see uh, yet another company under your tutelage and leadership and guidance. I expect great things to come from an already pretty impressive resume and team. So we look forward to seeing what happens in the coming year with MaxGen. Yeah, thanks, Nico. Yeah, appreciate it. You bet. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors, and you're now well-armed for battle. Hopefully, you'll take away some great tools for your own success. I'd love it if you'd share what you learned or share the episode over on LinkedIn. Let me know what other tools you need. If you want to sharpen the axe a little bit more, I've shared some of the resources we discussed in today's conversation over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the latest episode link in the title bar. Perhaps the best tool in your arsenal might be subscribing to the mailing list while you're there so that you'll get an email from yours truly when new content is available. Have a suggestion for someone you think should join the conversation? Email me, nico at mysuncast.com or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Hey, that's it. Thanks for being here. Until next time, stay informed, my friend.
and stay tuned.